Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here this morning for the Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer on God's Word. It is Thursday, October 19th, 2023, and our catechesis today uh, moves on to Numbers chapter 22, which is kind of a strange interlude in a lot of ways, so uh, um, we'll talk about that. I don't think it's really an interlude, it's um, we've had, what do you want to say, corporate examples of unfaithfulness, and then we're going to have today uh, an individual example of unfaithfulness, and we'll see how these two uh, are set in contrast to each other. All right, here we go. So, uh, let's, let's go up to there. <laughs> Good. So, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, let's pray our psalm for the week. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For... A day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Okay, let's say our memory verse for the week. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Psalm 19, verse 1. Catechism for the week. Apostles' Creed, first article. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. All this he does only out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly Okay, so we wrapped up uh, for our first reading from Hebrews. Now we're moving on to Galatians. Galatians chapter 1. 
Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former contact in, or conduct in Judaism, how I persuaded the church of God beyond measure and tried to, dis, excuse me, persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more zealous, ex, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him fifteen days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things which I write to you, indeed, before God, I do not lie. Afterward, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by the face of the churches of Judea who were in Christ, but they were hearing only, He who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy, and they glorify God in me. All right. So uh, a few things are happening here. Obviously, it's a letter to um, the church in Galatia, as he says. Um, it's co-signed by the brethren who are with him, as he writes. Uh, but he does tell us right off the get what, what's going to be the context or the content of this first chapter here is the authority that he has to speak, right? That he does not speak um, from men or through man, but he has been sent according to the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, right? So um, his apostolic authority is not from men or it's not through men, but it is from God, right? And of course, he's uniquely called um, Jesus appearing to him on the road to Damascus. All right, so no issue there. Um, then he does the, the kind of typical Pauline greeting. Right? He has different greetings, depending on which book we look at. And then following that, um, this is a unique amongst the epistles, is he doesn't uh, commend to them, like say, their baptism identity or who they are in Christ. But they, he immediately um, actually starts to lay into them for their refusal to heed the word that has been delivered to them. Right, and to listen to those who have not been sent by Jesus uh, or the God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead, you see, um, and so uh, this is this is still true. I think it's true for the for those in the office of the ministry. It's one of the struggles that we have is that uh, most people think that public speaking is a matter of just giving your opinion, like that's just your opinion, man. Right? To quote a movie, um, 
and that pastors are giving their interpretation of a text. This could not, well, it might be true in some Christian contexts, uh, but it's not true in ours. The, the pastor's call is not to preach his opinion or interpretation, but rather uh, to preach what the scriptures say, not the interpretation of men. Um, if anything, it's the interpretation of the apostles, right? According to the scriptures, as they were breathed, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit, as those scriptures were God breathed. I think this is important um, because probably, well, this is probably true for um, what most people consider religion in general, is it's just um, pious opinions, um, practices that kind of get you through life. And that's not what, what uh, St. Paul is presenting here. No, I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ as it was delivered to me, so I deliver to you. And I don't do this to persuade you, and I don't do this to make you pleased. Um, I only speak what I've been given to speak. And this is important because he's actually saying some very difficult things to them. Hard for them to hear and hard for him to speak. Right? Um, he's a bondservant of Christ. Right? God willing, your pastor, um, me as your pastor, if, if you're a member of this parish, if not, um, the pastors that you have uh, understand their, their ministry in the same way that they are only given to say what Jesus gives them to say. Right? And then he goes into the autobiography about his calling as an apostle. Right? Um, a little different details than the ones you might see in the book of Acts. Or um, I think he records, in the book of Acts, he records his uh, apostleship and the, and the calling of Jesus at least twice, if not three times maybe. Plus we have this account um, as well. Hold on a second, I'm going to grab my door. Okay, so that's the lead-in to Galatians. Uh, Galatians being, I think, rich with gospel. Also, um, it, it really does expose the flaws um, of self-righteousness and listening to false words. Right, and that that idea of, of listening to what Jesus says and nothing more, nothing less, following um, the word that Jesus gives, nothing more, nothing less, is really the context of what's going to happen here in Numbers chapter twenty-two. Remember, yesterday in Numbers twenty-one, we had the um, the bronze serpent. All right, and then uh, the people of God are going to camp around. Right? They move around a bit, but they never obviously don't go back to Egypt. The Lord won't have that, and they certainly don't go into the Promised Land. Um, it's not time yet for that. All right. So, Numbers chapter 22. Then the children of Israel moved and camped in the plains of Moab on the side of the Jordan across from Jericho. Now, Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that, that Israel had done to the Amorites. Right? Remember the uh, fighting against the, king of, uh, the Canaanite king? Right? And Moab was exceedingly afraid of the people because they were so many. And Moab was sick with dread because of the children of Israel. So Moab said to the elders of Midian, now this company will lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. Then he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor at Pethor, who was son of Beor, who was, at, was near the river in the land of the sons of the people to call him, saying, Look, a people has come up from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth and are settling next to me. Therefore, please come at once, curse this people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land, for I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he, he whom you curse is cursed. Hmm. So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the diviner's fee in their hand, and they came to Balaam and spoke to him the words of Balak. And he said to them, Lodge here tonight, and I will bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. So the princes of Moab stayed with um, Balaam. Then God came to Balaam 
and said, Who are these men with you? So Balaam said to God, Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent to me, saying, Look, this people has come out of Egypt, and they cover the face of the earth. Come now, curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to overpower them and drive them out. And God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. So Balaam rose early in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, Go back to your land, for the Lord refused to give me permission to go with you. And the princes of Moab rose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Then Balak again sent princes, more numerous and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said, Thus says Balak the son of Zippor, Please let nothing hinder you from coming to me. For I will certainly honor you greatly, and I will do whatever you say to me. Therefore, please come and curse this people for me. Then Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me a house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord, God, my God, and do less or more. Now therefore, please, you also stay here tonight, that I may know what more the Lord will say to me. And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men come to call you, rise and go with them, but only the word which I speak to you, that you shall do. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. Then God's anger was aroused because he went. And the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding on his donkey, and the two servants were with him. Now the donkey saw that the angel of the Lord was standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back into the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on this side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused and he struck the donkey with his staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have abused me. I wish there were a sword in my hand, for now I would kill you. So the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, No. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you, because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I would have killed you by now and let her live. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know you stood in the way against me. Now therefore, if it displeases you, I will turn back. Then the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I speak to you, that you shall speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. Now, when Balak heard that Balaam was coming, He went out to meet him in the city of Moab, which is on the border of, at Arnon, the boundary of the territory. And then Balak said to Balaam, Did I not earnestly send to you, calling for you? Why did you not come to me? Am I not able to honor you? And Balaam said to Balak, Look, I have come to you. Now have I power at all to say anything? The word that the Lord puts in my mouth that I must speak. So Balaam went with Balak, and they came to Kirjoth Husoth. And then Balak offered oxen and sheep, and he sent some to Balaam and the princes who were with him. So it was the next day that Balak took Balaam and brought him up to the high places of Baal 
that from there he might observe the extent of the people. All right. So uh, that's where we're going to leave off there. Um, there is a little detail that we missed that was at the end of Numbers 21. Um, why Israel was encamped across the Jordan, across from Jericho, in the plains of Moab. Um, because what he had, what they had done to the Amorites was that they um, had, remember those Canaanites, that they had struck them down, leaving no survivors, and took possession of their land. That was Numbers uh, 23 and 21, verse 23 and following. All right? And that, uh, like I said, we didn't read it yesterday, but the two kings involved were Sihon and Og. Fun story. All right. How did the Moabites uh, respond to the arrival of the Israelites? See that in verse 3, they're in dread, they were terrified, right? By the way, these Moabites, um, Moab is a uh, descendant of Lot, right? So these are, go way back to Genesis 19, these are uh, distant kindred by way of Abraham and Lot, his uh, nephew, right? So, um, you know, some of the cities of Lot had uh, suffered, but of course Moab re- re- relied. Okay, the king of Moab is called Balek, which sounds like Melek, but it's Balek, right? And... Um, Balak sends for Balaam, right, the son of Beor. Um, he lives at Pathor, which is near the river Euphrates. All right, and what did Balak um, ask Balaam to do? All right, to curse Israel. It's interesting that uh, Balak has this distorted um, phrase. Right, I know that that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. It's not exactly right. Those who you bless are blessed, and those who you curse are cursed. That's a distortion of the promise made to Abraham. Those who bless you, will, uh, I will bless, and those who curse you, I will curse. All right? So uh, he's not given to bless and to curse, but rather to be a blessing, um, and those who curse him will be cursed themselves. So, um, so we're, what we're supposed to be recognizing here is the faithfulness of the Lord to his people, that he will not allow them to be cursed, but will curse those who curse them. Right? That's, that's how it's going to get uh, turned on its head here against Balak. All right. Um, so the elders of Moab and Midian, which is to the south of uh, Moab, I believe, uh, they go out and they take along a fee for divination. Um, I'm not sure that Balaam is into divination that is seeing the future by some kind of magic or satanic arts. All right. Um, rather, they're going out for a word, right? Um, so Balaam asked them to spend the night. And uh, notice uh, the name that... Balaam uses in verse 8, as the Lord speaks to me, right? Was he using the name of the true God? Yes, he was. All right. All right. Um, And then the Lord does speak to them um, in verse 12. You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. All right. So what does uh, Balaam tell the uh, Moabite princes the next morning? Yeah, go home, right? Because the Lord has not given me permission to go with you. And he's right. Balak responds in uh, 15 and 17. Uh, this is similar to uh, what we saw with Naaman, right? You know, where the, the king um, sends you know, gifts and whatnot, right? And these are distinguished princes. So uh, he doesn't respond to the first emissary, so send even more important people. Maybe he'll listen to them, right? And Balaam's response is, uh, let's see, in verse 18, right? Even if you give me silver and gold, a house full of silver and gold, palace, I can't do anything great or small, um, to go beyond the word of the Lord his God. Remember what we were talking about with uh, St. Paul in Galatians 1, right? Um, I'm only given to speak what the Lord has given me to speak. I'm a bondservant of the Lord. That means sometimes I'm given to speak words that you don't want to hear and sometimes words that you are um, delighted to hear, right? Hopefully always forgiveness is being a delight to you. 
in faith. All right, verse 20, I think um, New King James is a little bit confused here. A uh, better translation actually might be something more like what you see in ESV. All right. Um, actually, no, New King James and ESV are the same. That's not right. Um, you might have learned it a little bit differently. These men have come to summon you. Here it says, if men come to call you, go with them. Um, this if is very important, if, right? And what's the answer? We know from uh, verse 22 that that if, the answer is no. The men have not come, right, to call you, right? Only the Lord can call um, Balaam. Hmm. All right. Um, but Balaam got up and went with him anyway, to which point God was angry, right? That's how you're to understand what happens there. Of course, he's angry. And uh, he meets the uh, angel of the Lord. Uh, our, our articulation as Lutherans, um, this is also true with the majority of the church fathers. They also agree on this, and, and most of Rome, too, up until the Reformation, um, is that the angel of the Lord is the pre-incarnate Christ. So before his incarnation, yet the second person of the Trinity, right? Um, we talked about this in regards to the burning bush. We'll talk about it um, in the conquest of, of Canaan with Joshua. Um, you'll see this frequently. How many men were on the road with Balaam? Uh, what's it say here? His two servants, right? Yeah, right there in verse 22. All right. Who sees the angel of the Lord? Not Balaam, not the servants, but the donkey, right? With a drawn sword in his hand. So at first she turns aside and goes into the field. All right. Balaam then beats her and turns her back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stands in the narrow place in the uh, vineyard between the two walls. Again, the donkey tries to get away, pushes against the wall, crushes Balaam's foot against the wall, which rightly or understandably he strikes uh, her again, the donkey. Now the angel of the Lord a third time um, stood in a narrow place where there's no room to turn to the left and right. And this time uh, the donkey simply lays down, right? This is like Pavlov's dog also, (laughs) I suppose. Um, and here he beats the donkey with the staff. And now the strange thing that the Lord uh, does here, the Lord, verse 28, opens the mouth of the donkey and the donkey speaks. This is only the uh, one of two times that, a- uh, that an- animals speak in the scriptures. The only other time was with the serpent in Genesis 3. All right, And the donkey asks uh, Balaam, Why, what have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? Huh? And of course, Balaam says, you made a fool of me. If I had a sword in my hand, I would have killed you right now. Of course, who really does have the sword? Yeah, the angel of the Lord. Um, the donkey confronts Balaam. Says, uh, "Have I ever, um, uh, have I ever been disposed, um, you know, to do not what you've given me to do? I, you've ridden me every day, right? She's never disobeyed before, so that should have been a clue to Balaam. Uh, and then, what does uh, the Lord do to Balaam? Right? Opens his eyes, so he sees the angel of the Lord with the sword drawn on the road." At which point, um, you know, he falls on his face. The angel says that um, Balaam is following a perverse and, what does he say? Bow the head. Why have you struck the line come out against you? Perverse way, right? A reckless way, you might say. The way that he needs to follow is the most difficult way, or as Jesus calls it, the narrow path, like the camel through the eye of the needle, right? What would happen if the donkey had not seen the angel and then turned away? The angel says, I would have, um, you would have died, right? Yeah, and she would have lived. So Balaam rightly confessed that he has sinned, all right? And now finally, the angel of the Lord says, now it is time for you to go with the men, but only speak what God, um, God the Lord puts in your mouth, right? What he gives you to say, right? And, and Balaam agrees. I will only, as, when he talks to Balak, 
the king, he says, I, I can only say uh, what the word of God has put in my mouth, All right? Um, you see the discipline here of the Lord to actually um, call, rightly call, uh, Balaam to be his apostle, his sent one, right? He can't, he can't go when he's not been sent, um, but he must go when he is sent. He can't say what he wants to say. He must say only what the Lord has given him to say, right? And this is key. So uh, it's actually, it would be a great text for the office of the Holy Ministry, I suppose. All right, the Lord is faithful to his promise to Abraham that he would bless those who bless him and curse those who curse him. Even Balaam must confess the word of the Lord stands forever. Balaam could not see the angel of the Lord because he could not hear God's word and hold fast to it, or he would not hear God's word. The lowly donkey reminds us um, of the church that she is called to follow Christ in his word blindly. Quote, unquote. We are to fix our eyes upon Jesus, the incarnate angel of the Lord, and disregard those false prophets who would drive us away from the narrow path that leads to Christ. Through the Holy Spirit's preaching of the gospel, we see Christ even though he is not physically present among us. We behold the star, which we'll talk about tomorrow, who shines forth from the altar in his body and blood to offer us forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. In him the forehead of Satan is crushed, and the skull of our enemy, death, lies shattered. We'll hear more about that in the oracles um, given to Balaam tomorrow. Okay, the or- oracles he speaks to Balak. Let's sing our hymn for the week, Triune God Be Thou Our Stay. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God of your bountiful goodness, keep us from all things that may hurt us, that we, being ready in both body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish whatever you would have us do. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for the church and her pastors, for missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, musicians, and other servants of Christ in his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray this day in Thanksgiving with Lenore and Michael, both celebrating their baptism. Pray for the households of our church, especially Marion, Jodine, 
Roger and Sherry, Marlene, Jeffrey, and Len. Continue to thank God for the gift of healing to Marcy. Pray for our catechumens. We pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Allison, Joe, Dennis, Christopher, Sophie, Brad, Ron, and Doug. Donna, Joan, Sandy, Jim, Pat, Wendell, Darlene, District President Willie. Also pray for our homebound, Marcy, Marion, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of Orphan Grain Train. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's our congregation of prayer for today, Thursday, October 19th, 2023. I hope it's been a blessing to you. Um, It's quite a crazy story, right? Um, But uh, it's an important character to get introduced to, Balaam, and understand that these oracles against are to the king of Moab. Um, In those oracles, we're going to see all sorts of prophetic um, speech um, to tell us of Christ, the one who barred his way and then ultimately allowed him to go will give him to speak um, of the future Messiah, Christ Jesus, which is beautiful. All right. And so we'll see that tomorrow. We're going to read chapter 23, 24 tomorrow. All right. So with that, I bid you fond farewell. We'll see you again in the morning. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church, Sherman Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.